Hey friends, welcome to Wedding Film School. Today we're gonna to talk about how to book more weddings and make more money. Let me get right in my bed. Uh, why you gonna try to get mad? Uh, everybody wanna keep up. Uh, don't you know I move too fast? Uh, I'ma zip zip right past. Uh, drip drip all on my swag. Uh, Hey guys, welcome to the Wedding Film School Show. My name is Jared Haskell, and we've got an awesome show for you today. I have my co-host, Jason McCutcheon. How's it going, Jay? It's going awesome. How are you? Very good. It's a cold day up in here in New England, but uh, we're nice and cozy in our brand new studio space. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, it's going to be even cooler pretty soon because we got this really dope neon light coming in. Yep, yep. Which we're really excited about. Yep. The paint um, is still drying down here. We're still getting our... <laughs> wits about us in, in this basement, figuring out how to uh, make this streamline so we're not editing the podcast till one in the morning on yes, a Monday night. Yes, yes. We apologize <laughs> for any of the issues you might have encountered with the previous episode, which you should go back and listen to the first episode of the Wedding Film School show. So, so much fun to get to do. We also got to do a really, really cool um, clubhouse with some really awesome industry people talking about the topic from last week and we're going to do that again this week so definitely you want to if you like clubhouse and you like to talk about wedding filmmaking then join us on thursday 1 p.m to talk about um today's topic yes eastern standard time today's topic which is yeah how to make more money uh by booking more weddings um we um it's something that we have talked about a lot i think on wedding pros um you know we obviously have a certain type of business model um, that is, I think, more of a scalable business model. Uh, But I think these topics that we're going to talk about today can really apply to any wedding videographer, wedding filmmaker out there. So really excited to to do that because I think it's really one of the questions that people get asked a lot is just like, hey, I've, I've been doing this. I think I'm pretty good at it. How do I just get more of this. Like I'm hitting a wall maybe I can only book five weddings a year, 10 weddings a year. And I want to be able to make this my full-time job. So that's what we're going to be getting into today. It's going to be pretty fun. Yeah. Um, Before we do that though, I want to just give a shout out to today's show sponsor, which is Kinotenic, which is, uh, they make the Practolite, which, and a bunch of other things by the way, but the Practolite 602, I think is like one of the industry standard Fresnel lights that you bring to a wedding. It's awesome. Really love it. Great app. All kinds of cool stuff. Go check it out. If you use our code WFS25, you can get um, 25% off, which is really, really, really awesome deal. Like, yeah. I wish I had that code when we bought ours. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go check it out. And, and no bullshit on this light. It is one of my favorite lights I've ever worked with. Like, we use them all Built the like time. a tank. Built like a tank. And, you know... <laughs> We make fun of it a lot because we destroy all of our gear, and I think the practice. It's the one light that we haven't. Time. <laughs> it's the light we haven't been able to break. Yeah, not not yet, not yet. So we'll we'll see. We working still got on it. Years, yeah, we're working on it, <laughs> on it. But um, but yeah, great light. Um, and and when is that? Um, when, when does that promo end, Jay? I don't know. So you should go today, right now. Yeah, buy it. <laughs> I, I need to check in on that. We'll we'll put it in the. Uh, description below but i think it might even be the end of the month so you want to make sure that which is february so you want to make sure you're hopping in it's january oh uh, yeah sorry january you're right we are currently in january. the beginning of february sort of <laughs> uh but we'll we'll put that in the item description because uh you want to hop in on that um so yeah i guess without further ado jay what kind of made us decide to talk about this topic today you know for me obviously booking more weddings I guess maybe making more money, but booking more weddings for a lot of people is the end all be all topic, right? For, for a lot of people in our industry and, and, and I've seen it like so much, like where I see people who are make they do very good work and they seem to do a lot of things right. But then there's this one or two areas in their business that they're just not doing correctly And they can't, they hit like a booking ceiling. So if you're listening to this and you're like, every year I book 15, why? I want to book 20. Why can I never get over that 15? Or why can I never get over the 20? Or if you're really starting out, like when we started out, and this is one of the things that inspired us. When we started out, um, we were probably hovering around 10 to 15 weddings for like three years. Yeah, I think it was like 8, 15, 22 
So you know, so it was growing. Yeah, we saw consistent growth, but I remember. But it wasn't doubling. No. Like I think we would want it to. And One, how it started to after you know we put some you know items in in place. When we started doing some of the things we're talking about today, we went from like twenty five weddings to I think forty five weddings. And then we got like 60 wedding, and like we were like experiencing exponential yep. growth every year. Two we, times every year. Yep. Um, and, and like now we're at a different place in our business. We haven't experienced that level of growth, and we're trying to figure out um, the, what's the trick now. And I, so I think like the first thing I wanted to say before we got into the topic is like no matter where you are in your business, if you're booking 30 weddings and you're just trying to increase the average value the, per wedding, or maybe you are starting out and you're just trying to go from five to 10 or like us, we're, we're shooting 125 as a company and we want to get up to like 200 or something would be great. You know, you're going to have a problem to fix every year. And probably the answer is going to be somewhere in these four ways that you can book more weddings, which we'll get into in a little bit. But I really believe this isn't just a topic for people starting out. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, if you are starting out, I think it's one of the questions you need to ask yourself early on is just how many weddings do I want to be doing? I think a lot of people starting out, maybe people at home are, are sitting there and they're like, hey, I'm part time. I have a full time job and I like being able to shoot maybe five weddings a year, 10 weddings a year. And but moving from my full time job where maybe I'm making three figures already and then this is just a way that I can pay for my motorcycle addiction or whatever. Um the idea of maybe making this a full-time gig isn't even in their mind possible um, because replacing that, you know, high salary is, is nearly impossible. Like booking more weddings might not be the right option for you, but maybe generating more per wedding would be a better option for that person. So I think it's, it's pretty important to find out what kind of business you want to run, how much money you want to make, setting those goals up front, so then you actually have a goal to be working towards as opposed to just letting things happen to you. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that's the first step is, is it even right for you to be booking more? Well, weddings? and as, you know, book I love, extreme ownership, they always talk about this concept of basically everything is not your fault, but everything is your responsibility. So whenever you're looking at your own business, I think it really helps to go like, what am I doing or not doing that's contributing to my um, my, my business not reaching the goals that I have in my head, right? If you want to be booking 25 weddings, you're only booking 15. I'm not trying to say you're some kind of crappy business person or you're a bad artist, but like more like you have the power to fix that problem if you can overcome some of these issues. And I, and I, I want to be realistic too, you need to be honest with yourself. Everyone has a ceiling with their business, either based on the amount of people that want. Like if you want to shoot weddings where it's like, we only do underwater footage at our weddings, <laughs> you're, you're going to have a very small client base. Mm -hmm. Maybe you'll make the best ever. I saw one by Dax the other day where they shot underwater in Mexico, and it was really cool. Yeah. Um, but – you know, if he was like, I'm only shooting weddings like this. Okay, well, then you could only shoot weddings where you'd have a bride willing to do that near the ocean with clear water, all that stuff. And some of us also, we have a limit because, like, we haven't improved our skills enough. Yep. Or maybe we're not that good at business and we need a business partner. Or, like, who knows? Like, not everyone can have – there's no magic trick that's going to suddenly make you make a quarter million dollars a year as a wedding filmmaker. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. You yeah. know, we will never teach that. If you're new to this podcast, I do not believe that everyone can be equally successful as a wedding filmmaker. But I do believe everyone can be more successful. Yeah, yeah, totally. And and you talked a little bit about, you know, cap. What, what are the caps? You know, I think you hit on kind of more creativity. But for a lot of us, too, it's also logistically, right? Bandwidth, you know, like even. Bandwidth, how many hours do you have in the week? Um, what are your, what, are, what's taking up a lot of your time? Is it time for you to maybe decide to get a, a virtual assistant or a, a real kind of a person assistant? Can you do that? Are you interested in that? Um, th there's a lot of ways that you can be capped. Um, so those are things that maybe you need to figure out before your business can grow yep. because, you know, growth is great, right? Um, 
I, I always used to be like hear podcasts and be like, they would be discussing like, well, we didn't want to grow too fast because, you know, um, we, we didn't want to not be able to support um, the infrastructure, right? Um, you know, if you're tr selling more than what you have, that's a problem because you're mm -hmm. going to lose a lot of clients kind of thing. Um, and I never really understood that because I was like, oh, just like make it happen. But it, but it's true, you know, like you should not be trying to go from 20 weddings to 100 weddings in a single year. You know, it should be like a gradual build. What is that build? Kind of putting a roadmap together, um, I think is, is important for somebody who actually wants to um, grow their business and, and be doing more and booking more weddings. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest... It's an interesting topic, and I understand why people like it, but I've always, you know, how I feel about shoot less, get paid more. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, great. You know, the, there's a time and a place for shoot less, get paid more. There really is. And there's a time and a place for I'm only shooting X amount of weddings, and all I can do now is control demand by raising prices, all that stuff. That is, that is not the end-all, be-all. Mm -hmm. And, like, for some of you, like, if you're booking, like, I'll just throw a number out there. If you're booking like 30 weddings a year and you're getting so many leads you don't know what to do with, yeah, you need to raise your prices, mm -hmm. right? And also, like if you're starting out and you're making really good work and people would be willing to pay double for it, maybe it wouldn't affect your leads, but like you could just make more money. Yeah, you need to raise your prices. Mm -hmm. But for a lot of people, they think there's some magic. You raise your prices and suddenly a more high-end bride will suddenly respect you more and then suddenly you'll it'll just change your whole life like and a lot of people too if you're really good at logistics and team building and all these things like maybe you shouldn't raise your prices maybe you should get associates and book three times more weddings like that is a viable option and like the fact that a lot of educators have no idea how to run that business means that they just tell you not to do it i'm here to tell you some of you guys should do that and it's just really all about like what's right for you. Yeah, it's a great point because I think a lot of people fall into that trap of saying, "Well, I should be charging seven, eight, nine, ten grand for my weddings because that's what all the most successful people out there are doing," um, which is true. Uh, there are plenty of people out there making a successful living by doing ten thousand dollar weddings, but I find that a lot of times there's a lot of people doing. 200 weddings a year that aren't as well known making even more money, you know? So it, there's a bunch of different ways to do this thing. I think it's a matter of finding, again, what's right for you? What what are your skill sets? Yeah, why do you want to book more weddings? Yeah, yeah. Well, what are your skill sets? Are, are you able to be super organized? Um, are you able, to, are you super creative? Do you have an inside kind of... Um, scoop with planners like what what are what are your assets what are you actually able to do and like figuring out and and it's not going to be one thing forever like no. I, I know in talking to plenty of successful filmmakers they're like well i'm doing 20 i really want to be doing 10 i want to be doing less for more you know mm -hmm. I, I, and, and that's going to work really well for them but it's not necessarily right for everyone so just finding what's right for you yeah I and think just being deal. extremely honest about what you're working with mm -hmm. and that's really what we're starting with today in today's topic of how do you book more weddings this is a free one it's not one of our four that we're going to be giving out but like at the end of the day every single one of these that we're going to bring up requires extreme honesty with yourself about like how hard am i working how good am i like like you have to be honest mm -hmm. with what you're actually working with and you have to assess it. You have to sit down. If you're saying, well, my work is good. I do good work. Okay. Well, do your clients rave about it? Are you able to honestly assess based on other competitors who are being booked around you? Like how does your work compare? You can't even, if every time you look at any of your competitors work, you never walk away saying, Ah, I got to get a little better. You're you're probably part of the problem because you're unwilling to be honestly assessing like your place in the market, and that's not good for your business. It's not good for you. And if you can't be honest with the fact that like you're disorganized or you don't really want to do the work, like I don't know, like I don't want to be a jerk to people, but if you're shooting 15 weddings a year and you can't even get your crap together to post on Instagram or do anything for your business, like I don't really want to hear you complain about it because it's like, what else are you doing with your time? 
if you're shooting full, if you're trying to be full time, even if you're not doing full time, do you remember at the beginning when we started our business and you're a full time student? I have never not had a second job to this day. I work 20 to 30 hours at another job. Mm-hmm. Like I do not want to hear about somebody who's saying I'm full time. I don't do anything else. Constantly posting pictures of themselves traveling around in their converted van, like who literally can't get around to promote themselves. Like that, you're the problem. Yeah, I, I think this is this is a good topic, and it, it kind of um, hits close to home for us because we've always just been like, "This isn't working. What's the solution?" And most of the time, we're like, "Just work harder and <laughs> like or bulldoze like, through and, and change do something it until about we our business." Yeah, yeah. But most of the time, like, wh- you're not ever gonna have sympathy from Jason and I for 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 you know how hard it is to run your own business. It's hard. It's gonna be really hard. And as you move it from a part time you know kind of job uh, or a, kind of a weekend warrior job to a full time job, it's going to get harder. Oh, and I relish, I relish you if you're in my market and you think that you can sit on your hands and not work in the off season because I will lap you. Mm-hmm. That's my goal. Yeah. I want to take all the weddings. Yeah. And like, not because <laughs> to be greedy, it's just like, my goal is to book weddings. My yes. goal is to not help you book weddings. My yeah. goal is for me to book weddings. And so like, I want people to call me. I want my marketing to do the work. I want to go and impress every planner. Like that's everybody. Nobody is thinking like, man, I don't want to take too many weddings. Cause what about my friends? Mm-hmm. Like nobody's thinking that everybody's trying to book as many as they can or whatever they need to be booking for, to make a successful business. And like you, Probably the the actual secret tip answer behind everything we're going to say today is you need to be honest and you need to be willing to work extremely hard. Yep. Yep. There's no magic secrets behind those two things. Yep. If I've learned anything, you know, we've been doing our business for a long time, for 12 years or so. Um, If I've learned anything getting into this YouTube kind of world, podcasting is you just have to work your butt off. It's like you just have to barrel down and to put the work in and work till one o'clock in the morning and you know um, okay i'm gonna put the kids down but then afterwards i'm not gonna do netflix i'm gonna actually just work so that's probably step one is be prepared to like work if you want to do more weddings obviously it's going to be more work i think people understand that but also like it's translating it to your mental of like if i want to book more weddings i have to just be prepared to work much harder or find better solutions. And, you know, I, I think like anything, the a lot of the work, 90% of the work is going to be up front. Yeah. Once you get over that hump and you can create systems and, and bring on maybe more people to help you out in areas you're not as, you know, proficient in, um, it does get a lot easier. It gets easier. Yep. It really does. And we're doing 125 weddings a year or more, hopefully. Mm-hmm. That's our goal is. But I feel like... For me, it's as easy as when I hear about other people who are doing 30 weddings Mm -hmm. because we've built our workflow and our life around it. We've Mm -hmm. hired the right people. We have the right meetings. And so like, it's not like what's hard is figuring out what is the actual, what is my business? What is this creative process? What is this business workflow? So, so I think, I think today we want to talk about four ways that you can book more weddings. I think these are not definitive. There are other things and, and we're not going to get into all of them because they're pretty big topics, but, but there are four things that you need to look at and say, am and honestly assess, how am I doing in this area and can I work harder? Okay. So let's hop right in. Um, you know, we have four topics. We'd like four topics for some reason. They say you shouldn't do four. You should only do three or five, but we're going to do four. <laughs> uh, I mean, one of them is kind of fake. So it's really three. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's usually how we do it. We discount one of them, the poor one. The topic. bonus topic. Yeah, bonus topic. That That's fair. Um, we'll do the bonus one first, actually. Yeah. I, I think when it comes to booking more weddings, um, it really comes down to putting your effort towards one of two kind of, um, uh, I don't know, sides. You're going to either spend money or you're going to spend time, right? Mm-hmm. So the topics that we're going to talk about, some of them are spending more time, some of them are spending more money, um, some of them are a little bit of both. Um, but you have to really see your schedule and say, what do I have more of? What what's what are the commodities that I actually have? Do I have money? 
okay, maybe I have to, and you're going to find the right combination of what works for your business. If you have less time and you have the money, hey, you're probably going to be better to get on these platforms and, and, you know, figure out how to use that money to be able to get in front of people. Um, And then if you have time, which I think a lot of people starting out, that's the commodity they have more of is time. You think you don't have time, but trust me, you, as you start, you know, growing up and get older, like time becomes less and less and less. And, you know, if you start having a family or whatever, um, you start really realizing that you have you had way more time when you were when you were younger. So um, my opinion is that people need to be have a much I don't have a lot. I, I, I think I'm actually marginally talented at a lot of things. I'm not super talented. But I'm incredibly – I have a great sense of urgency all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I, I beat people to the punch because I am, I'm willing to work harder than them and I'm willing to identify problems and be very relentlessly pursue them. For some of you guys, that will be enough. You don't need to become some incredible artist. You just need to start becoming urgent about the problems that your business has and actually moving forward on them. Like if you put pressure on them, like they would go away. And so booking more weddings oftentimes is just as simple as actually really, really caring about the problem and trying to fix it. So what's the first way people can book more weddings? Yeah, so number one is just, it's a little bit obvious, but do good do good work, yeah. right? Number one is being a good artist and be having a saleable having product. Having a saleable product. <laughs> um, and that one's a little bit obvious and a little bit cheating, but how oftentimes do you get a call that someone's just like, oh my gosh, I saw your work. I don't know anything about you and I want to book you. I, I think that's how a lot of people maybe start out. They're like, oh, my cousin saw your, your video that you did of this wedding and she absolutely loved it and she wants to book you. She hasn't talked to anyone else. She only wants you. You know, that's Number one, and I think it kind of snowballs into the rest of the ways to book more yeah. weddings. Right? I think like the pursuit of doing good work is artistically satisfying, and that matters, by yep. the way. Like you have to enjoy your job. So if you're sitting there thinking like we don't care about it, no, it matters. We we created a product and our own brands that we work on that's just for us. We're tinkering still. We still don't even have it down. It's it's an artistic venture and whatever. We respect that. And I do think doing good work, like it probably matters in levels. Like level one is like acceptable work that someone is willing to buy. And then there's like exceptional work that stands out in your market. And then there's like market leading innovative work. You don't need to do anything more than acceptable work to make a living doing this. And so, but if you're hitting that point and you're like, I cannot get a single person to pay more than $25 for my films, probably the first thing I would look at is like, is my work appealing to people in a way that like they view it as worth more? Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't think that's exclusively in the work because maybe how you're selling the work or, you know, there's a lot of things that go behind it, but it's something I would at least look at is like, okay, who's charging what I want to make in my market? How, are they way better than me? And just being honest with that is like, if you can't admit that anyone's better than you besides Alex Douglas, I don't know. You're probably not that good. Like you have to be able to look and go like, oh, they, they, you know, all the people in my market are buying this person and they have a storytelling mechanic that is way better than mine or who knows what it is. But I just think it's pretty basic, but it's a great place to start. And probably if you're listening to this, in my experience, most wedding filmmakers that are getting into wedding like education, their work is pretty good. Like it could, a lot of it could be better, but most of them aren't walking around with their cameras out of focus and doing all this terrible, terrible work. Um, although I will say their work oftentimes doesn't have a brand voice. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's part of your work that needs to improve is like, it needs to be cohesive. One of the big things when we started Stop Go Love, what did you always say about the work when it terms, comes to, we have all these different shooters and all these things going on. Oh, what yeah. was important to you? The number one thing was consistency. Having everyone be able to shoot pretty close to the same. Everyone's using the same equipment. Everyone is a similar skill level. Here I am, and I have, at this point, close to 15, 17 years of experience, professional experience, and I'm bringing a kid on 
to be able to shoot who's only been doing it for two, three years. We have to be able to shoot the same video. We literally would get rid of ideas that we wouldn't allow if it made it so that it wasn't reproducible for every single wedding. Yes. We'd be like, no, no one's allowed to do that because everyone can't do it. Yep, yep. And and maybe... Basically. I, I don't think it's necessarily a rule, but we're only as strong as our weakest shooter, right? It's like that. our weakest shooter is the product. So we have to elevate that person so that we can have a better product. But pretty much I can't bring everyone up everyone else up to my level of like having 17 years of experience like that's just not going to happen that's takes a long time of just like grinding grind and it's only going to come from having experience so um i did want to ask you too because we're talking a lot about like creativity do you think that um doing good work do you think this applies to just running a good business in general as well i think the other things apply more to running a good business um because I know a lot of people who do good work that run terrible businesses. And the reason they're unsuccessful has, okay, let me say it this way. If you do average work but run a good business, you will be more successful than if you do good work and run a terrible business. Mm. My opinion is that the branding, relationships, marketing side tip way faster in terms of booking weddings than good work. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, because honestly, good work is a dime a dozen. Yep. But people who know how to market their brand, talk about their brand, connect with the right people, they're like, they're the ones who just ascend. Mm-hmm. And like, most of the time, if someone's beating you in the market, there's some reason that isn't your work. Yeah. But I do think you need to look at your work. At least, at least start there with an honest assessment and if you need help with an assessment, feel free to submit a film to Wedding Film School. We do film Oh, uh, yeah. Yep, yep. That's something that we're going to be breaking out. Um, are we going to do that this we're, week? Um, probably next week, right? I Yeah, we're going to try to do one probably, I think, this week. Stay tuned. The Facebook group, that's really where you can stay up to date with all Wedding Film School news, what we're doing. We mentioned it before. We're doing a clubhouse every Thursday, 1 p.m. to just kind of chit-chat. But we're also going to be doing these awesome live reviews. So websites, different stuff, but but primarily like, I do think this is where, like if you're wondering, is my work up to par, get another artist who's really good, who you respect and ask them. So I think that's the first one. Do do good work. Um, And I'll I'll mention just before we move on to uh, number two, um, on Clubhouse um, last week uh, for the first episode, uh, our companion Clubhouse conversation, we, it came up in the conversation of like, Look, most of the time, people aren't really able to tell the difference between one videographer and the other. Maybe there's like subtle things and they're like, that person has less camera shake, maybe. But for the most part, most planners probably aren't even really looking at their work. They're kind of like, I like that person or I don't like that person as much. And therefore, I think they're going to treat my, you know, couple with more respect and, and, you know, be a better fit. So, you know, I think it does eventually get to a certain point where it's like, the work is important, you know, until you reach, you know, 95% critical mass or, or skill level. And then after that, it's like minute, the, the amount that you can really get better. It takes a lot more work to get a little amount better. Most right? people, yeah. And most people are pretty good at making films because that's why they got into it. They're interested in yeah. doing good work. They're totally. not interested in marketing or business or any of that crap. Completely. So the second thing I wanted to bring up, and this is huge, and I think one of the biggest things people totally blow it on, is make it easy for your clients to become more than just clients. Help your clients to become advocates for your brand. Um, and, and so this is really huge um and this is usually just about making things convenient for them yeah yeah and that this probably bleeds more over into running a good business right Mm -hmm. having good systems making it so that people don't hate communicating with you um which is challenging because people (laughs) like to communicate in different ways um but having a consistency like for a while, and, and I've changed my tune on it, but I, I just could not communicate with people via text because I'm a terrible texter. Anyone who knows me, will, people are at home like, oh, he's the worst texter, I promise you. Definitely you're not Listen, the worst. Yeah, <laughs> but it just doesn't work well for me because I'm like, 
usually in the middle of doing a podcast or I'm like editing and I have my phone, you know, away from me. I love um, texting. I don't know why. <laughs> well, it's just like, it's another thing. Like I'm talking to people on Instagram, Facebook, email, HoneyBook. I'm, I'm on all these things that I'm like, that is the way to communicate with me. It's consistent for me. So I didn't even open up text messaging. Now I, I, I've opened up text messaging maybe a little bit more, but I've had to close off other things to just be like, this is how you can actually get a hold of me because it is more convenient to people to text. Yeah, it starts with client experience yes. and, and making sure that the client experience um, is clear and convenient for them and that they have a good time connecting with you. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's where it starts. And I think people can do okay there. I think every, like if you just put it out there, if you don't respond to your clients, that's bad you're not going to get referrals. If you're a pain to work with, if you make them uncomfortable, if you're trying to like hit on their bridesmaids or groomsmen or just yeah. whatever the weird stuff that but like, don't do that stuff. Be mm -hmm. professional. Mm -hmm. Like I'm assuming everyone's being professional and, and, and is really trying to work at, um, I will say this is more of an advanced thing. When you see people who are at the top of the game, they are freaking charming mm -hmm. and they work on the being charming. They work on looking cool. They work on making people like, like they want to be the person that gets invited to the party. Mm -hmm. Like when you look at Henry or white and reverie or Lindsay from La Reverie, any of these people like Henry Martins, by the way, not just Henry, but these are cool dudes and ladies. Um, they're, they make an impression on their clients and their clients like them. And, and like for our business model, we have a little bit of a different approach when it comes to stop, go love. We, I do think our clients like us that isn't quite the most important part of our client experience, but like you, you have to figure out how do I make this a great experience for them? Either the most convenient or you're really cool or whatever, but it has to be a thinking like, how am I turning this into a great experience while you're working with me the most fun sessions whatever it is yep and then i think this is where people drop the ball because i think a lot of people do pretty good when it's over they make it like impossible for them for the clients to like do the work of marketing them for them for free so like little stupid things like if you're starting out this is my opinion if I was starting a business this year, I would go buy a Fuji X-T4, um, I would get a Weeble Lab, and I would just shoot a ton of weddings for, you know, as cheap as I possibly could, or as much as I could make, but I, I would just want to be booked. And then I would go like this, hey, here's your recap film, I'm going to give you a free teaser for every one of your films, because I want to make sure all the clients I have are posting something of mine. And, and, and by the way, don't be annoying about it. I've heard some people like, how do you make people do this? Do not try to make your clients do this. That's so out of line. Like, hey, why didn't you post my thing? Or, you know, Oh, yeah. I've heard people say, like, suggest yeah. this. Don't I did do this that. for you for free. Yeah. Don't uh, do that. Don't do that. But, but just make it easy for people to mm -hmm. share. And, like, give it to them in a format that goes right to their phone. Don't, like... Make it make it easy for them to get that freaking thing up on Instagram. Give them 15 second vertical edits to put in their stories. Mm -hmm. You like m tag them in the story, by the way, like put their name on it. Like make it easy for them to tell all their friends. This was my wedding videographer. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is this is this is all really good. And this is like cherry on top kind of stuff like. Hey, go the extra mile, do the extra thing that's going to get you booked and make people remember you, not just your bride, but also the people that are surrounding the bride on the day of wedding party, family, whatever. I, I would say too, to go back to like fundamentals, like this is just a, a, a common principle that you should make your own today. Cause I think it's what a lot of people have a hard time with is do what you say you're going to do, right? Like that makes it deliverable so on time. Yeah. On time. It just, and the little things, because what you're trying to do is you're trying to buy yourself leverage. Every single time you interact with your bride, you're buying yourself leverage. When you say, Hey, this was a great conversation we had when you're booking them, I'm going to send you an email tonight. Make sure it's not tomorrow morning. Make sure it's that night. The no because, excuses either. Yeah. Yeah. Like your kid, like if you say to me, well, 
nothing's more important than family. No, nothing's more important than your word. That client doesn't care about your family. If you know that you're going to spend time with your family that night and that you're willing to not do what you say because your kid might cry and need you to put them to bed, yep. tell them I'll do it by tomorrow. No one forced you to lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I don't think most people will care. Like if you're like, hey, uh, I just got home. I got to put my kid to bed. Um, Humanize I'll it, yourself I'll send it to right you tomorrow there. morning. And no, most people aren't going to care that you send it to them in the morning. They're like, great. Yeah, be home with your family. But do the thing you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Because when you don't, they're like, oh, I thought Jared was going to get back to me. And I'm, I've am i done it. A mi- I'll we, tell you. We do this. I do it a million times. I do it a million times. And, and But I know that when I do exactly what I say I'm going to do, people are like, I can trust that guy. I can trust. Like, you've built up and you've done exactly what you say you're going to do, even with, like, the smallest, minute little details leading up to the wedding day, that once the day comes, they're like, Jared is awesome. Yep. He's awesome. His team is awesome. They've done everything along the way. And that way, again, you're buying yourself leverage. So if anything does come up, most of the time it doesn't have to do with you. Um, Put a change in your pocket. We were on on the uh, Facebook group, and someone this week was just talking about, like, oh, the the bride changed her, um, her, her package, like, last minute. And now she doesn't actually, you know, like what she received. And it's like... That stuff happens. It's a lot easier to deal with that bride. And I'm not saying this person didn't do these things, but it's a lot easier to deal with that bride along the way uh, or, or, or at that moment when you've done everything and they're like, yeah, you know, he, he he's built up a lot of trust with me. And I think he would say exactly what he gave me. So it's probably my fault. They're much more likely to give you grace because you've built up that trust. And they're much time. more likely to be, assuming you don't screw up, much more likely to tell everyone because one of the things I'll say at the end of this topic is make it easy for them to give you reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, you tell them where to go. You send it to them, all this stuff. Yep. But part of that client experience thing is like the things that they will review you on are almost never the quality of the film. It's very true. Yep. They will say like fun, easy to be around, or we had some negatives where they said bad communication. Mm-hmm. What does that have to do with the film? Yeah. Nothing. Yep. has nothing to do with the film. This client just didn't feel like oh, this brand is the brand I want to connect with. Mm-hmm. They were not, they, they didn't like the experience yep. of working with us. And yep. most of the people who do, which, you know, we have a lot of good reviews. They had a great experience. Yep. They liked the people and they thought it was fun. And so help these people, make it easy for them, please. If you are selling teasers and things like that and you have plenty of sales and you're getting plenty of referral marketing, great. But I'm just saying in general, like if you're not and you're stuck at a booking point, maybe you're not getting the brand um, publicity that you could be getting from one of your best assets, which is the current couples you're working with. You need make them promote you for free by giving them content to put out there and make it easy and make it timely mm-hmm. while they're like still psyched about their marriage yep. and their wedding and they're still pumped about it. Like get it to them. If you don't have 125 weddings, you have 10 weddings, give it to them in two weeks. Yep. Like it makes a big difference. It'll help. So I, I, I'll, I'll say with that too, you know, communication, you, you hit on it. Um, communication is huge in this step with the bride and groom. Um, that means basic things like getting back to emails, that kind of stuff. Um, I'll tell you a story from this year that um, I think a lot of people can can learn from. So we we have always been the people that we post to Vimeo. Um, and this year we're like, oh, Vimeo has a new um, feature where when you upload to Vimeo, you can also upload to, to YouTube automatically. Great. So we usually have the Vimeo um, uh, it set as private until you know Kyle will edit it, Caleb will edit it. I'll take a look at it and go, good guys, I'm going to send it to the bride kind of thing. And a lot of times they'll upload a video that they finish on Monday. It'll come to Friday. I'll spend a couple hours looking at films and then approving them or giving them notes and saying, hey, fix this on Monday. We'll send it to them on Monday kind of thing. That, that's kind of our process. And, you know, the video got shared to, to Vimeo. It also automatically got upload, uh, uploaded to YouTube, but it's public facing. And so... We had a bride this year who was, you know, a special kind of bride. Um, she was like, saw that. So followed us on, on YouTube, saw that her film was was uploaded, um, which we don't, ha- we have like 
not that many followers on our YouTube. We're not the guys to talk to about building your wedding business on YouTube. On YouTube, yeah. But she saw that uh, because she was getting antsy, and it it was probably two to three months ahead of when we really needed to deliver. And it, it took me a week to eventually send her an email, but she sent an email actually first, and she was like, hey, I saw this video online, like, how can we share it, blah, 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 and... You could tell that she was kind of ticked off that we didn't tell her as soon as her video was uploaded. That and I didn't realize that it was. She even thought that public. we publicly shared her video. Yes. Without telling her. Yes, exactly. And it, that's like to me, it's like a small thing that like we did a lot of. Like this person booked us like two weddings before or two weeks before her wedding. So I'm like, we bailed you out. Like give me a little grace here, lady. But. Um, she, you know, she is right. That is a way that we could have gotten better and, and just had a system that was a little bit better and communicated better. Like, like, and she doesn't care. The fact that I'm like, well, I, I wanted to look at it and I wanted to give our editor feedback. Um, it was I, a new feature on YouTube. All a that new crap. feature on you. She does not give a crap about any of that. All she knows is that, you know, it's posted and why we're wasn't I letting it? We're unprofessional yeah. because of it. So it's just like people are going to have opinions, um, you know, and, and our job is just yeah. like how can we foresee what those, you know, opinions as crazy as they might sound to somebody uh, or sound to us, um, kind of nipping those and, and um Having a little bit of forethought of what, what, how, how people are going to perceive certain things um, and, yeah, trying to nip them in the bud. If you're not having um, client referrals in particular, this might be an area you want to look at. If you're struggling yeah, to get true. referrals, you might need to look at, like, what is my experience like and is there any feedback I've gotten that I've – and I, what I do tend to find is, like, a lot of people are very um, – they have a big blind spot in this area because they think like, well, my film's great. And like, well, yeah, you're a total pain and like you're unprofessional and you look like a slob and uh, like, there's all these things you need to do a little better with your clients and you like are late with your deliverable and you you just little things that end up becoming big things when you add them all together. So the third thing that you really want to look at doing, if you want to book more weddings is Uh, the third thing is, uh, industry relationships, yeah. right? Um, so I think this is kind of a multi-tiered and multi-pronged kind of approach. We've really whittled it down to a few um, industry professionals being photographers, other videographers. We've talked about uh, event planners being uh, a, a person that can um, really give you work. So let, let's break down... Um, kind of the the different types of relationships and how someone at home right now who's like listening to the podcast and is like I don't have any of these relationships what some ways for them to actually get out there and and, and um, practically create these kind of networking relationships so my opinion on this subject is it is the most important way that you can grow your weddings and unfortunately the most effective way to grow these relationships is by working weddings with other people mm-hmm. if to get a wedding to get the next wedding. Yep. And so just like I said with clients, if you are not getting vendor referrals and the primary referrals you should be looking at are if you're a videographer is photographer referrals and um planners and venues really. Venues that yep. have um yep. that have their own like event staff. Yeah, so let's let's talk about planners. What but, are what are some ways that you can actually Talk to a planner and, and, and even let's talk about even before you meet them and let's talk about ways that you can interact with them on the day of to make them yeah. want to book you. So the first thing I think you need to do is when they – you need to play by their rules. Yes. Before the wedding. Like if like to the best of your ability. There are probably things you can't do. And we sometimes tell planners like, look, we're not going to do it that way, especially because we're more established. But you do need to play by their rules. You, like if they're like, talk to me, not the client. Like if you want that person to refer you, which maybe you don't, maybe you're like, screw that person. I'm not working with that person. I respect that. But if you want them to refer you, you got to play by the rules. That's what planners are looking for. Mm-hmm. They're looking for people that fit on, because th- planners look at it like this is my team. Yep. They probably have a list of like four videographers they ever refer. Mm-hmm. Most planners I knew are maybe doing 10 weddings a year. Yep, exactly. So if you work two or three weddings with someone, you're like one of their people. 
and like you want to become one of their people. So first thing I would say is play by the rules if you get a wedding with them. The second thing I would say is like if you know there's someone who you really want to work with that's a planner and there's some way you can add value to them, try to do it. Maybe it's you get a wedding with them and then you're like giving them the props and the you're tagging them, you're sending them the film, you're saying, you know, you're making sure to feature their work in the film or maybe there's a planner who like in our area a lot of planners um put on like extra of industry events and we really try to create like we'll say hey do you need someone to cover that industry event for you we'll shoot it and we'll edit it for you and like we want to be their partners in what they're doing besides just the weddings but just in general we want to be their partner Mm -hmm. yep yep and it kind of goes hand in hand with i think finding the right people here I, i i don't know if there's any other vendor relationship that's more important to find the right type of planner to work with because some planners are going to want you to just be super hands-on with their couple others don't want you to be hands-on at all they don't even want your their couples to know your name yeah you're just a videographer to show up so you know you have to figure out what works in your brand mm-hmm. what planner actually you know what's going to actually work out to make the planner really happy and then you really happy so that you can actually do your job as well so figuring that out i think is is critical early on we have awesome relationships with certain planners and then other planners it's just like it's not that i dislike them or whatever it's just much more challenging to work with that person so um and and sometimes like i'm willing to just be like i'll bite the bullet like whatever it's just a pain working with this person every once in a while um but um sometimes i'm just like we can't do that i can't i can't do this type of wedding where it's like we can't actually talk to the people ahead of time. It just doesn't work with this brand. It might work with this well, brand. Well, you don't like wedding planners selling videography for you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, I've been... You don't see the issue there? Yeah. And and also, you know... Oh, of course, finding, he's going to do everything for you. Everything. <laughs> finding a planner who takes the time to understand your thing, mm-hmm. like the way that you cover. And and that comes with a little bit of maybe working with each other a couple of times. Yeah, but you also, have to earn people's respect. But also up front, just like they've worked with you before, they have their interpretation, but they're willing to be like, how can I sell this to my couple and understand your business more? That kind of planner is invaluable. Yeah. Because that's the kind of person that you really want to work with. And, and so I would say when you are, you know, very new to the game, um, it, it might seem like, oh, I want to work with this planner, their style. I, I like the way they do floral, floral arrangements or whatever. And then once you get past that initial like style and aesthetics, um, it really becomes the most important thing. How do I work with this person? Mm. So I would say, yeah, the, the, the aesthetics, that kind of stuff, when you're trying to find a, a, an event planner to like maybe approach um, is the, the, the basic kind of upfront, just surfacey stuff. But then having that relationship, that's really where you're going to shine well, with that person. And I was going to say, the uh, the next thing about planners, and this comes back to client experience, is if you want to get referrals from planners, planners will hear every single mistake you make f- to the client. And if they find out that you are too much of a pain to their clients, mm-hmm. they will not refer you anymore. Yep. yep. And so like that's the big thing is like when you get a chance to work with the planner um, – you have, they cannot, like, you can't be doing stuff that makes the per couple go, because people who hire planners often, instead of going to you with their complaints, mm-hmm. they go to that planner. Yep. Yep. And they'll be like, he wouldn't do this, he wouldn't do that. And they were like, just, and that planner, like, we have some good relationships where they've come and complained about some things we've done, and we still work with them because we have a relationship with them. And then I'm sure there are people over the years that just have never called us back because their client maybe didn't have the best experience. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah. like, I know that's a big deal. The second relationship, which I will only touch on briefly, is venues mm-hmm. and the people there. Um, venues are pretty easy to get in their good graces because if you give them content to help them promote their venue and it looks great, mm-hmm. I think you're going to have an advantage there. Yeah. And, and it's a different relationship. And and I think it's when you're first starting out, it's a critical relationship to understand the difference between uh, a, a kind of separate solo um, planner and a venue planner. Yeah. Right? Like event coordinator. Event coordinator. Because an event coordinator is really working for the venue they want things to be super turnkey and they um are are going to kind of i find 
side with you on a lot of things where it's just like, yeah, like as long as you're making their job easier, they're willing to have a lot of just like, well, we have to, they have to go, like we have to go move to the next, you know, event. Whereas an event planner is really always going to be working for the couple, right? Because that, that's a wedding planner, a wedding planner. Yeah. Sorry. A wedding planner is always going to be first and foremost, like worried about their couple because that's who's going to be referring them kind of thing. The venue is going to be much more willing to just like, hey, like you guys, I don't want to get in between the relationship with, between you and the client. They're much more willing to let you just have a one-on-one kind of interaction with the client. Uh, as long where as you're planners, on schedule. <laughs> yeah, planners want to kind of, you know, be very involved. And, and I think once you get to that higher echelon of wedding, you always just have to work with the planner. But when you're in kind of the, the in-between, the beginning of luxury, a There's lot of There's a lot of money in making people. venues happy. Totally. There's a lot of money and they're easier. Yep. Because as long as you're on time and you're fun yep. the day of, they're going to be happy. You and know? event and venues do a lot more weddings than uh, planners. Yes. Because they're going to do 50, 60, 70. So if you can get in with a venue and be like one of the five people that, are, you know, on a preferred vendor list, um, you're going to get a lot more work. And I'm not really sure we make a big emphasis on getting on people's preferred vendor list. No. I, we just are good. I'm always surprised when I find ourselves on, on vendor lists. We're list apparently like, oh. on them. Yeah. But we don't um, we don't ask to be on them. Yeah. Like yeah. We, would, we don't pay to be on them. Yeah. No, nothing. We just show up, do great work, make sure we tag them mm-hmm. when we post them and say, this venue is awesome. Always talk about the venue when you pu- publicize your content. Yep. And we're fun to deal with. Yep. And they like us, and we don't cause problems. Yep. Yep. And that's it. So, and the next one I think is one. This relationship is very critical, and especially for us when we are growing, growing our business. And this is other creatives. Mm-hmm. You have to get referrals from other creatives, and this people screw this up so bad, especially videographers, with how annoying they are to photographers. Mm-hmm. It is so stupid. Like, please explain to me, Jared, why do why did wedding videographers not understand how much they're screwing themselves by constantly having a crappy attitude about photographers? Well, I think from the photographer's perspective, a photographer is probably working with a videographer once every other wedding. So they have half an experience where they are the only person on site being able to call every single shot. And then at 50%, they have a videographer who's kind of like, I demand half the time. you know. So they're like automatically going to be like, I hate working with a videographer. You know, if the videographer is demanding of time, demanding of the, the essentially getting the shots, taking time away from, you know, the photographer getting their shots, where if you've worked a wedding day, you know, there's not really a lot of time to get those shots and really create chemistry and stuff. So when you work with a videographer who's always interrupting you and, um, you know, not, I'm, by the way, I'm not saying it's all about the photographer on a wedding day because it's it's not yeah it's a dance it's a dance yeah you have to learn how to tango and um a lot of photographers or i'm sorry a lot of videographers i don't think really understand you know hey this i have to find a way to help this person do their well, job it's about the client too it's like yes. do you think that do you think that that client wants bad photos in order to get video mm-hmm. they don't want that they pay good money for that yep they want it all to be good. So just like the best way to get that for him is be a, be cool. Yep. Be, be a team player. I mean, good communication. If we haven't worked with a photographer before, something that we started doing that I've seen a lot of success with is just like reaching out to the photographer beforehand and just saying like, hey, Paul, like we're going to be working together this weekend. We haven't worked together. Like I love your work. It's great. Um, just wanted to let you know that I'm going to kind of let you be director day of like there might be a couple times i might want to hop in if that's okay with you um you know you kind of give someone permission to say yes or no um you know not every photographer is going to be nice but i think for the most part photographers are by awesome. the way we're talking about how to get more weddings yes if you don't want to do this what we recommend which is defer to the video the photographer um, you don't have to. You just won't get referred as much. Well, and I think there is there is a way to do both. I, I, I wouldn't say it's like, oh, if you don't do documentary type of capturing of, of no, a wedding but I, film, I, my opinion that you is, won't get more work. What? But I would say that if you have to find what works, right? You have to find what gives the photographer what they need to be able to get and then gives you what you need to get as well. You like need – if you are – 
if if you the reality is more people are willing to pay more money for photography. Mm-hmm. Photography is more important to most clients. Yep. So, which is reflected in what they pay for. So that's the reality. It doesn't matter what reality you want. The reality that you're in. If you really don't want to deal with that reality and you want to make sure that you're in control, mm-hmm. you need to make sure you get paid as much or more than the photographer. And if you're not, <laughs> yeah. and I'm telling you, that's how you know. Yeah. If you are getting paid as much or more than the photographer, then you know who has the clout on that day and who can make more demands. But I'm telling you, like, that couple is going to be like, ugh, if it's some kind of power struggle. And it's just like, I want these people to like me. I don't need to have all this control to shoot a great wedding film. Mm-hmm. I can shoot a great wedding film. Like, I just want that photographer to love me because I want them to ref- – some, we get, some photographers refer us three to four times a year. Yeah. We're making $10,000 off that relationship. Money talks, guys. Yeah. Yeah, and and – I can't tell you guys how many times I'll work with a photographer, and if you you've probably heard this as well. Oh, if, yeah. if you're at home, I can predict what you're going to say before you say it. It's just, ah, uh, I worked with this one videographer, and I just can't ever refer any. I just don't know any that I would feel like I could trust to do a good job. And and when we worked with someone for the first time, it's almost like, ah, oh, sigh of relief, finally someone that I really enjoy working with. And it's really not that hard. Just like it, and and look. Sometimes, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like every photographer is super awesome or cool or like whatever, but like, I feel like most of the time you can really get along with anybody. And I've worked with photographers who have gotten in my shot a million times during the day, whatever that stuff happens. But at the end of the day, they still are like, you guys are awesome to work with. And they refer us. Yeah. And they give think us about work. that. So if someone gets in your shot all day and it already happened, by the way, <laughs> like you can't go back in time and yeah. Would you rather them give you another wedding worth $5,000 or know that you were mad at them? Yeah. What is the benefit well, to it? it? If someone getting in your shot who's referred to you, is that worth $5,000 to you? It's worth $5,000 to me. Yeah, it's, yeah. I'll let Get them in my stand shot. in my shot yeah. all the time if they give me t- five grand. Yeah, I got, I got the work. So it's just like, and I think that's what it. I'm not saying it's not annoying. It I'm is not annoying. Saying, it's annoying. It, it's totally fine to just, but how you internalize that and how you project that to people around you is something that. Be professional. Be professional. Be, um, have self-control. Yeah. Like, and I also be like, have grace because like, yes. if that person's a little annoying to me, maybe I'm a little annoying to them. I have to put out into the world what I want to receive back. Yep. So I want people to be gracious to me. Yep. So I think that's a big thing is like, I don't think this relationship being screwed up is even worth having a 10% better film. Mm-hmm. I really don't. And I know yeah. that some people might disagree with me, but I'm saying like, we're talking about getting booked more. Yep. And one way to get booked more is to make these relationships go. And you had mentioned there was, when we started out, this is like a bonus thing. One of the vendor relationships you should find is people around you who do wedding filmmaking because yeah. we we worked really hard at the beginning. There's some people we made friends with. We met by chance, I guess, yep. Evan Frame and Anchor. Yep. And they referred us a lot at the yeah. beginning. They got us into the whole new part market. Like yep. that was a, a basically a competitor who got booked up and was like, uh, who do I respect? Who do I trust? And they gave us and it really transformed our business. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Yeah, the, that last person that I don't think it really gets talked a lot because it's that whole community over competition thing, which I've never really, I'm still dealing with a little bit. I think we're actually going to do, I want to do a chat on Clubhouse about it because it, it's something that I've been kind of working through and trying to figure out because I'm, we're competitive. Like if you're in wedding films, I mean, most of the best wedding filmmakers are like ultra competitive, right? Um, but at the same time, when when you look at like your industry, like I, at the same time, I want to see our industry grow. Yeah, and want we want to, see, to be generous people. Yeah, and and I, it, by me referring someone who I really like and and I think is actually promoting the goodness of our wedding industry, I'd rather promote that person than that the couple go to somebody else who I'm like they're not doing the wedding industry very good. So, building other videographers up. Um, whether it's you giving a referral to another videographer and you having kind of like a small little collective, um, I think that's that's kind of the direction that a lot of successful wedding filmmakers go, um, especially when you're starting to b- trying to really build up your um, 
amount of bookings in a year. Mm -hmm. I, I, I've seen just a lot of people be successful that way. Well, and it's um, like a little bit here, like some from your work, yep. some from planners, yep. some from, it, it's like when you start doing this stuff right, it'll start all coming together. Yep. So the last thing that I think you can, and we'll probably do a whole other podcast about this one, so we'll yep. kind of be a little brief on it. But the last thing you need to do if you want to book more weddings is really just start marketing your brand the right way. Mm -hmm. and, and there are two main things that go into that. First is the dreaded paid marketing, which I actually think is probably the right fit for many people because it's actually pretty easy. You just need money and, you know, the right placements. And the second one is just the free sweat, sweat equity marketing. So it's not really free, but, but the Instagram, the, whatever it is for you, the YouTubes, the things that you're doing that are generating eyes on your business that are not things that maybe cost money, but they take your time and you have to create assets and you have to do the work. But like, this is probably where most people, most people probably are like, they do good work. They create, they have good relationships and they're just not reaching enough brides or, or grooms with their work. And so like their, their marketing is and their branding is just suffering. Yeah. Yeah, they just don't sim simply don't have enough leads to really fill themselves out. Um, you know, when, when you have a wedding schedule, you have certain dates that you're going to get seven, eight inquiries for. And you're like, the rest of June is wide open, guys. Why do I keep on getting June 6 over and over and over again? You know, so you're getting these leads that are just throwaway leads, essentially. So the way that you really get filled up is by having, you know, four times the amount of bookings that you can actually handle to really fill yourself out. It's a out. numbers game. It yeah. ultimately is a numbers game. You say it all the time, and, and you're so right. You have to get – it's really about – I want to close on probably I've heard like 12 to 15% for like a really healthy business. We mm -hmm. want to be a little higher because we have a volume business. But if you're running like a, an artist model studio for yourself and maybe your wife or whatever, or your husband, um, you want to be closing like 10 to 12% of your leads, which means you want it ideally in a healthy place – you're at the right price where you can reject 90% of people who call. You're just not a good fit. Who knows? You can turn a lot of people down, curate the weddings that you want, and end up with the 30, 25, 40 weddings that you want to be shooting every year. And mostly, that's you're not going to get the, that many leads from referrals. Mm -hmm. Like What we look at for us is about 25% of our booked weddings are from leads and referrals. Maybe, maybe a little more, a little less, depending on the year. Leads and referrals? Or no, just our, referrals booked in weddings, our booked weddings. Our booked weddings are from probably... 25% from client, probably 25% from vendor, and the other 50% either from marketing or just from the wild mm -hmm. somewhere, SEO, yep. whatever it is. And SEO, by the way, is marketing. Like if you yeah, making sure. your... You don't have to... Here's the key with all this. My opinion, everyone should have some paid marketing. Everybody. Like you invest in your business, please. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care if it's the not, I don't care if it's boosted posts. We're Even not here to five dollars a day. Yeah, we're not here to talk about what are the best form of paid marketing. We'll do that another time. Do some paid marketing because at least you're proving to yourself that you actually believe in your own business. Mm -hmm. um, but the free marketing side, you don't need to do everything. Like that's true. You don't need to win on we suck at YouTube for our stop go love, partially because we chose to ignore it. Mm -hmm. and that's partially why we've grown because we don't try to succeed at everything. We just picked Instagram. Yeah. yeah. We don't even do Facebook. Yeah. We only do Instagram and we don't even do that that much. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and to be fair, I mean, we don't really have to, I, I think when I think about Instagram, I think about certain social medias. I'm like, well, I want to future proof us from in case the not a wedding wire just goes away. Like we have a diverse way to, you know, attack, you know, our marketing. Um, but we, we don't have to because we're full. <laughs> well, and we have hundreds of links all around yes. the internet from Martha Stewart wedding to style me pretty to mm -hmm. 50 or 60 weddings on yep. love stories, TV to 50, or 60 weddings on party slate. Like mm -hmm. I'm trying to get my URL like all over the place. Mm -hmm. I want to be ubiquitous. I want everyone to see me everywhere and generate weddings. And so whatever it is, yep. that's just me doing work Yep. to, to just put myself out there. And, and like the, the thing about marketing, and this is my biggest marketing tip because I do marketing for companies, right? And the biggest thing that most people don't realize is marketing at a 
close rate for the initial like whoever you're if you show it to 100 people maybe one person books is a good number mm -hmm. and so when you think about it in that way you need to so many more people need mm. to see your thing than you think. Like a lot of people are like, oh, 100 people saw my thing. Did you book one wedding? And maybe it could be lower. Now, that's not the case for referrals and things like that where you have a very – that person's already a curated lead. Mm -hmm. They've, they're hitting you hot. Yeah. They're deciding like they have all these things that – like if I told you like this is the best mattress and you go to the website, you're more valuable than a person who just stumbled upon your website. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. A lot of you are like, what? 10% close rate? That's terrible. It's like, well, you're not doing any marketing. Mm -hmm. We do marketing. And I can tell you, we get like 600 leads a year. And we don't sweat the fact that 80% of them walk away and don't buy anything. And probably like 40% mm -hmm. of them don't even email us back. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. We don't even pay attention. And, and marketing allows you to, I, I think, target people a little bit better. Like, we were like, hey, we would rather be in Vermont than Boston. For a while, we were like, we really want to build up our Vermont market just because we think it's more of what our style is. A good is. opportunity there, too. The good opportunity, we were like, let's go. Like, and, and now we're in Vermont way more, and it's more the weddings that we want to do. So I think the paid And all we did there was paid advertising. Yep. Paid Initially. advertising definitely helps. So it's not just, you know, about booking more, but also booking more of the weddings you want is, I think, a little bit easier. And and I think it also relates to the type of people you want and, and you know, you're going to draw in certain people um, with the energy that you put out. So that I guess that's going yeah, back to Yeah, every once in a while, but... like, there's someone who's so exceptional, who's mm -hmm. so incredible at making wedding films, that they do all this stuff wrong. Yep. And the universe just won't keep them shut out because yep. they're just so good. And that's some of you. Mm -hmm. But a lot of us are just normal people. And yep. we have to work really hard to get what we have. And so if you're listening to this, here's what I want you to do. Think about these four things, your work, your relationships with other people, your ability to make brides your advocates and make them love you, brides and grooms. And, and then, of course, your marketing side, your paid marketing or your just the sweat equity free marketing. Which area resonates with you most? You don't need to fix them all right away. Try Just fix one thing at a time. Just pick one, work on it, put effort in, get a plan together. We'd love to hear how it goes, too. Um, and we'd love you to join us on Clubhouse because that's coming up. And we want to talk about what you think the biggest thing is that you're working on. And if you have any questions, let us know. Definitely leave that in the comments, by the way, if any of these things stuck out to you. Um, we'd love to hear success stories, questions, whatever. Um, yeah, but definitely subscribe and please hit the alert bell. It really helps us. This is long content. We know this. We're going to still be doing all our other content for Wedding Film School, BTS videos, product reviews, all this stuff. But this content, we want to dig a little deeper. Yep. Yep. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the Wedding Film School show. And we'll hopefully see you next time. <laughs>